This is episode number 344, Understanding and Overcoming Jealousy, with Kelly Swanson. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. The first announcement being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming five-week program called Curiosity, the Key to Rewriting Your Story. If this is your first time hearing about it, this is a program that we've been developing over the past five to six years of working from people from all over the world in helping them rewrite their story, the story of their past, the story of their present, the story of their future, the stories that are no longer serving them in order to help them become the people they are wanting to become. If you feel that this is of interest to you, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding this program. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. It's an interesting topic because I remember when you, when you first answered the question of kind of what do you do when you're becoming the person that you don't want to be, one of the topics you included was jealousy. And, and I think it probably everyone has experienced elements of it. And I'm curious now in, in kind of having experienced what you have to this point, do you still experience that? And if so, to what degree? Yes, I do. I just, it's a feeling that I've learned to recognize when it comes up and to identify it and to think, huh, where is this coming from? What does this really mean? And I'll talk myself out of it. But yes, I still have a, well, why didn't I get that opportunity? Or even in the midst of my own success, and, and this is really transparent to admit it because I don't like to admit it, but even in the middle of my success, I'm looking at someone else's and wondering, well, why didn't I get that? Or why did it's like you always see this, or I do, this person who's ahead of me or somewhere else different. And then it makes me question where I am. And and Oleg, it's really interesting too, because recently I asked myself, I don't know if it's jealousy as much as it is, I immediately think I am less than because of it. It really goes back to an insecurity and a low self-esteem. I don't think I really desperately want what they have. It just goes back to the root of I'm not good enough, which has been part of my narrative my whole life is I don't matter. I don't fit. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. You don't like me because I was the kid who was never included in groups growing up. And I'm not complaining. It just is what it is. Um, I'm always waiting for people not to include me and then to feel like, oh, see, 
I knew I didn't belong. And so there's this constant, I don't know if I'll, I hope I'll get rid of it once and for all. I'm certainly better than I used to be, but I think you have to be, I have to be aware of what the feeling feels like. Like it was an interesting question when you said, who are you when you become who you don't want to be? And I was like, whoa, I've never even thought about that like that. I just notice an emotion I don't want to feel. I don't like which is a, a, a clenching of my stomach or a, or a why does hearing about what that person did make me feel this way? And then I just kind of explore it and see where it came from, see why I'm feeling this way and, and walk through it. Because sometimes I realize I don't want what they have, that when I really look at what they had to do to go or, or, oh, she's, let's just say it's about looks. It's usually not about looks for me. But let's just say they're beautiful and they're thin and they're young and they're everything I don't see in myself. And then I have to say to myself, well, okay, Kelly, well, you can't be younger. You you can't turn the clock back, but you could look like that if you were willing to change these behaviors. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. You could look like that if you're willing to go work out every day like she did, or if you're willing to go to, and I'm like, oh, well, well, I don't want to do that. You know, and I realized that what I would even need to do to have what they have, I'm not willing to do. And I just kind of, you know, slap myself in the face and go, come on, get real, get real with yourself, you know, and then I have to do that. Well, look at what you do, do have. And then I quickly also, sorry to ramble a lot, but I also quickly spin it to a Kelly, somebody's looking at you, wishing that they had what you have. True. So while you're looking at that person, the person over here would give anything. Your, I did a meme on it once, but I already forgot. Your wish I wasn't is somebody else's wish I was. Mm. It's probably very true. It's probably very true for, I think, most of us, right? Because it, in, in in those situations, I think sometimes it's it's hard to identify who is that person that is wanting to be in the position that I'm in, because it's interesting that you mentioned it. Cause I, I found myself in that many, many times in where in the middle of my own success, in the middle of my own achieving of X, Y, and Z. And then immediately thinking, man, I wish I had that. And it completely diminished and devalue everything that I worked for. And that's something that I've tried to understand is like, where is it coming from? What is that feeling? And why is that the first thought of, I wish I was elsewhere and yet I was the one that had set that goal to begin with. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be here. And then I got here and then it's like, I don't want to be here. And I do think a piece of it isn't so much that we're selfish and we want more or better or different. I mean, maybe I have to look at it and go, sometimes I say, Kelly, you're being very selfish right now. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're saying to yourself, I have all of this. But I want some more of it. I want some of yours. So I have to kind of look at, but I, I, Oleg, I really think it goes to a, I really think it's the insecure part of me that doesn't fully, hasn't fully understood, doesn't fully understand my worth and my value and my purpose that wants to say, see, I'm not good enough. I, I really think that's where it could go back is where we just don't feel the full power and value and purpose for who we are. And we think this suddenly isn't good enough for the world. That's kind of what it, oh, well, I'd wanted to do it this way. Oh, now my way's weird. 
you don't like my way, do you? That's what I have to get honest with myself. It's just not so much because then when I when somebody gives me the opportunity to look the part or put on the face or go be that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't, that's not who I wanted to be, especially as an artist, because I consider myself an artist also. Artists really, we really struggle with that. It's, this is the art we want to create, but isn't this isn't the art that's selling, that kind of a thing. Yeah. How do you understand that concept of purpose? How, if you were to break down that feeling or, or whatever it is, because I've been trying to understand that for many, many years, and I've really found it challenging to be able to put it in a sentence because some days you feel like you have it and some days you feel like you don't. Well, and I'm going to get deep with you and people that are listening, including you might not agree with me, but first of all, the question becomes who gives us our purpose. And if you are always waiting for a person to give you your, your purpose, then aren't we all then at the mercy of people who might let us down, who might. Be. So my first question, it's a brilliant question because I also believe, and I'll get back to you to, to how I would answer it. And I'm stalling because I'm not really <laughs> sure the answer is. But I also believe that that is at the root of much of our unhappiness and our disenchantment and our disengagement from our work. The great resignation that everybody's talking about in the United States, the quiet quitters, people have checked out of their jobs. They've checked out of their their communities. They've checked out of their family. Something is going on here, especially after the pandemic that is different, where people are not happy and they're fighting and they're, they're, there is something going on in our world and we're all all going, what happened? And I think just a piece of that is we've become disengaged with our purpose for who we are while we matter, while we matter to the world, while we matter to our jobs, while we matter to our families, while we matter to ourselves. So I think, Ola, you are asking the right question. And we're all, I mean, since the beginning of time, people have searched for the answer to that truth. And I believe that every purpose in every person in this world has value, has purpose, has meaning, is here for a reason, is supposed to be here. Maybe you can't see it, and maybe you think you made a lot of mistakes and that covers up, but I believe that every single soul has value and meaning, no matter where you may have landed. And I believe that, and you are not going to ever question, you're not ever going to get me to disagree that, okay, no, this body over here isn't worth anything. Now, maybe they've made choices that have put them in certain whatever, but but you were never going to convince me that a soul doesn't have worth, which brings it back to the question, which is where I said it's going to get deep and not everybody's going to agree with me in that, well, who defines our, our purpose? Who gives us who? Well, first of all, I can't give you that purpose, Oleg. If you're waiting for me to give it to you, you're putting all your power in my hands. Do you see what I'm saying? I can remind you and I can make you think a different way. And but as a motivational speaker, I had to realize I can't save people. I can't I can't change their minds. I can just introduce them to a different way of looking at their own life. But to answer your question and then we'll go where you want to. I believe that my purpose was defined by my creator. And I know who my creator is. I have a relationship with my creator. And that is about my faith. I believe in something bigger than every person here on this earth. Now, not everybody's going to believe that. But for me, it's unshakable because he wrote to me. He said to me in the place where I go to see what my creator says about me. He says 
how valuable I am. He says when I became valuable. He says I'm bigger than the world. He says I'm more important than money, than what anybody says about me. And for me, that became unshakable. When I began to see that somebody bigger than the universe had told me that my life was created with a meaning and a purpose, then I be now I don't believe always believe it. And that became the journey for me is mm -hmm. well, when I don't see evidence of that, or I'm still trying to to be like I what I, I want my neighbor to think, or when you don't feel like you matter. Me saying that to you is, you know, what do you do to the person who every day wakes up and feels hopeless? What do you do? To, now, I will say, Oleg, there are some people who are trying to understand this overwhelming. Listen to me. This is not my area of expertise. Let me put a disclaimer out there. Uh, but you asked me a question. But there are people, but there are people listening or on their last thread of hope. They don't know how to get around this every day. They feel like they don't matter. And I think that's what your podcast is doing for people, which is why I'm so excited yeah. to be here. But every day they wake up and they think, you know what? The world would be better if I wasn't in it. I've had those feelings before. What would it matter if I went away? Now, in some cases, what people don't realize is there are things going on chemically and in their brain and in your body that you think you should be able to fix this and you can't, it's not your, so, so, and I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't have the right to give you answers, but it doesn't change the truth that there may be going something going on inside of you that you're trying to fix because you read a book or because somebody told you, you should be stronger. Man up, Nancy, is what they always said when I was going, man up, don't cry, get over it, get through your problems. Well, that's not always easy to do. And, and certainly you don't want your excuses to hold you back forever. But some people just need to hear that something's going on that they can't see and mm -hmm. some or control or fix. And so sometimes you need not kept, not me, Kelly Swanson, but you need to acknowledge just like when, when you have a sickness, just like when you need a vaccine, just like when your car breaks, I'm going to acknowledge, I have no idea what's going on under the hood of my car. So I'm <laughs> going to go pay somebody who does. Mm -hmm. And that's not shameful. And it doesn't mean you're weak. And maybe it doesn't mean you can ask your parents for help. It means you might need to go outside of them. So I wanted to acknowledge that for some of us, this feeling that we have no purpose is chemical, is not our fault. And then, then when it moves to a, but wait a minute, what we think about ourselves is directly in line with the story we write in our head. Every day, Oleg, you and I wake up and we write a story about ourselves when we look in the mirror. We write it about our friends. We write it about our family, our bosses, our jobs. We are writing stories all day long. We think in narrative. We talk in narrative. And a lot of those stories you think are true and they're not. You made it up. For example, then I'll shut up and let you ask me a question. Um, for example, I have of someone I love very much whose mother told her she was stupid her whole life as a child. First of all, it wasn't even true. But second of all, I don't even know how much her mother had to tell her that she could have said it once she could have implied it, but she said it and it became the script my friend wrote in her head. And so every day of her life, she wrote a story that says I'm stupid. And then her brain went out to say, okay, I'm going to obey what you tell me. 
so I'm going to go look for evidence of that. Kind of like when you buy a red car and suddenly everybody has a red car. They didn't all get red car. (laughs) They got it because suddenly it's what you're focused on. So you go out there and you find, then somebody proves to you you're stupid. See, your brain says, see, I told you you were stupid. And you start to act that way and act in alignment with it. You start making decisions. You date people. You don't expect more of yourself because you think you're stupid. So what do you deserve? And your life begins to line up with a lie. So when you say, how do we find our purpose? Well, it starts with what we tell ourselves and how we can reprogram what we say to ourselves every day. So I may say, men don't care what I have to say in an audience. Men don't want, that used to be one of my negative inner inner scripts. And I had to go say, is that the truth? No, it's not the truth. A lot of men care what my best friends are men. My clients are men. More men cry in my audiences than women. Kelly, you're writing something that's not true. So what is the truth? And I go, oh, this is the truth. I am powerful. I do have something to say. I do matter. And Oleg, I may not believe it the first time I say it or the 10th, but I keep telling myself and then acting in alignment with that. And eventually I don't need to do it as much because it's suddenly, once I find proof of that, I jump anyway, even if I may not feel it. And that confidence grows and it builds to the point that those baby steps get easier. And I go, you know what? I do have purpose and this proves it. And then then it's something else that jumps in there. Well, you're ugly. <laughs> but anyway, always, that was a big old mouthful of an answer. I apologize. There's, there's always a story after a story. And I'm a huge believer in what you just described. I think much of it truly does boil down to the story. And it's really one of the only ways to make meaning and and to gain understanding of anything because the events, and I remember I had this realization many, many years ago when I started to realize that all events are neutral and the difference is the meaning that I choose to give to each one, right? The person yelling at me, I could interpret it as they're having a bad day or they're mad at me and two very different things, very different ways to interpret it. And I'm curious kind of through your own journey and the process that you've taken in rewriting many of your stories, where did you begin? Where do you start? You start with understanding what that voice is telling you. Many people don't even pay attention to that. They don't know. They're just reacting. They just immediately take, like you said, they're in a situation. It happens. They go off and same situation And two people go off writing a completely different story. We're living in a world now where events spin off and everybody's writing a different story. So it starts with understanding the power of that voice in your head. And it, it, it's, it's hard at first because I'm so used to, I was so used to just reacting for me. It starts with a bad feeling. It's why I'm, if I'm happy, I'm not worried about it. It's any kind of feeling, anger, um, jealousy, uh, like you said, when I'm becoming something I don't want to be or something I just don't want to feel when I'm like, Whoa, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel bad? Or why do I, I explore that emotion? That negative emotion for me is where it starts. Another thing, a friend of mine was telling me, um, you are right about the stories we write. I loved how you put it. I always, I, I'm working on a Ted talk now that says, Uh, where I'm saying we write the story we live in. Bottom line, we write the story we live in. 
Yes, but we don't always realize what we're writing. And and so I was talking to a friend and she has these cards and she writes the truth on one side and the lie on the other. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. A simple little, and she said, I'll either write the lie that I'm telling myself and go reframe it, or I'll start with the thing I want, the truth, and then the lie that's holding me back. I said, well, give me an example. She said, I've written, she says, here's one of my cards. She says, my lie says that if I take a day off work, she owns her own business. She's an entrepreneur. I'm in the world with a lot of entrepreneurs and thought leaders and podcast, you know, people with a platform and a message. She said, um, I write a story that says, if I ever take a day off work, my whole business is going to collapse. She said, so I never take a day off. I never go on vacation, never. even if I do see. And I realized, so she said, I had to write on the truth side of the card your biggest jobs have come in on days at moments you weren't working. You need to take a vacation because it's going to fill you back up. And if you're burned out or have a health condition, you know, it's just you had all this truth and she's in the process of working on it. Now I realized, Oh, look, when she was talking to me, I went, Oh my gosh, I feel the same way she does. I have never, just like you rose your, raise your hand and said, same. I rose my hand and said, same. I'm do I couldn't remember the last time I'd ever fully taken a vacation, but I would never have known to tell you that that was one of the, the voices that are the, the lies I needed to rewrite. I wouldn't have even known. So, so to me, I was like, this is how important awareness is because we don't even realize how we are operating in a state uh, how how much we're doing that. So yeah, the first, it starts with what's that feeling I'm having that I don't like? Huh, where is it coming from? Um, or sometimes I'll ask my audiences, what would you do if you were brave? That's one of the themes in a lot of my stories is what would you do if you were brave? And some of them know right away, I would learn to drive that car. I would, I would go uh, start a chocolate shop and I never did. I would, okay, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? What would you do if you were brave? I'd, one time I said I would color my hair purple. Well, what's holding your hair? I know that's trivial, but there's a lot of little things we would do, big and small. I said I would have purple hair. But my lie said, you won't get booked if you have purple hair. You can't have, but you're in your 50s. People in their 50s aren't allowed to have purple hair. You know, all these lies we tell ourselves that keep us, and, and Oleg, that's where we start to lose our passion and our purpose and our happiness and our joy because we are not living as the people we want to live. We're putting on a face. We're acting the part. We're not doing the things that bring us joy and bring good in the world because we're playing the part we think society wants us to play mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, at least with me. It's a really beautiful question as far as what are the stories that are no longer serving you? Yes. And, it, yes. and I think the, the other thing that I've discovered through my own journey is that, A, there is no ending to the story, right? As soon as you get through one, as soon as you reframe it and make it into a story that's serving you, there's always going to be some other story and then a story beyond that and a story beyond that. And and I think the, the, the blessing and the curse of that is, yes, stories are powerful and the curse is that stories do make a lot of the decisions yes and if you're not aware of it then you make a decision after decision after decision and then it becomes harder to identify and what, you what is that story that i need to change in order to change all these decisions when really it might have been the story that's a hundred stories back yeah and and we often blame others 
or situations or circumstances. Life is, I don't remember who said it. Instead of looking in the mirror, understanding the power we have, sure, you cannot. I remember when the first guy broke up with me, broke my heart. I was after college. I did everything later. You know, I was this geeky kid, never picked, finally had a boyfriend, broke up with me. Turns out he did not know we were dating. <laughs> so I'm wallowing around. I'm drinking Boone's Farm. I'm smoking cigarette. I'm like Bridget Jones and whatever that movie she was in. <laughs> I am absolutely, I mean, we all can remember the first time our heart got absolutely smashed to pieces. I had roommates. I lived in a house. My roommates would come up, open the door and throw food in at me. I was in there for days. They were like, Kelly, we didn't think you would ever come out. I mean, I was just, you know, and I was a little bit no, a lot, immature in many ways. But I remember somebody had given me a book. Maybe one of those roommates snuck in at night and <laughs> put it on my table. But it was, um, I don't remember, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, I yes. think. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I just opened it. Now I didn't, I was like, who wants to hear this kind of stuff? You know, I wanted to blame him. I wanted to go key his car. I wanted to go, you know, curse his fate and his every generation after him. But, um, but I read this line that said life is 1%, I'm going to get it wrong, but you, you're going to get it, 1% what happens to me and 99% what I'm going to choose to do with it. Oh, and yeah. all of a sudden, I had never heard that, which is why your podcast is so beautiful. I had never, many people have never heard that. They have, they have, they don't understand that. I, I am in my 20s and all of a sudden the light bulb went off because I just been taught, get over it deal with it. Okay. Something happened. Get, you know, get over it, whatever, big deal, man up. But all of a sudden I went, wait a minute. So I don't have to cry anymore. So if I'm spend all day today in this dark room, depressed, eating, smoking, drinking, and crying, that's on me. And it was, I know it sounds so simple, or whatever to other people. To me, it was absolutely profound. I mean, I'll remember that moment like nothing else when I went, oh, so I get to choose how I'm going to feel in this next moment coming up. And then I went, well, this sucks. I don't want to cry. I want to be happy. And it was that it was now, was it easy? No, when we, when things happen, it's hard. When people die, it's hard. When we, we were given grief and, and, and fear and anxiety and crying for a reason, not to jump, not to get rid of it all. That's part of the process. But that was that point where you realize the power you have to go, you know what, today I'm, I'm going to stop crying and I'm going to choose joy. And then I'm like, well, how do I do that? And we can, I make fun of the little gratitude memes all the time, but that's how <laughs> we do it. That's how we do it. We start to change this story. I am lovable. I am, I, I am, I'm not done yet. My story's not over. I loved what you said. One thing I wanted to add, and I made a note is that, and we can't go back and change the stories. I can't go back and say, well, if I had done something different or I had no life is, is, is no, it's complicated. It's messy. It's muddy. And we're human. So we're never going to make right decisions and, and we're intersecting. And that's what I wanted to make a comment. Sometimes I feel like I think that life is a race and that we're all on this track and that I, that I, we need to get to the finish line and I'm supposed to get there first and not fall down and beat that person and beat that whatever that is life is not a race we don't 
where, where there's no finish line, there's no ending. So, oh, that's what made me think of it. You saying our stories don't have an end. They just all intersect. It's just this, this web of these journeys that we're on and we intersect with people at different times. And this isn't what we're talking about, but I also want to spin into it real quickly and then go in your own, whatever direction you want, is that when we understand our power and the story we write, I was able, not quickly, but later, I was able to look at the guy who dumped me, who didn't know we were dating or the toxic person in my family who, who says mean things or, you know, and I was able to suddenly see that everybody has a story and that they are just acting through the lens, you know, fine. Tell us we have personality traits, put us in a quadrant. Are you the lion or the bear? Whatever. I'm sure that has a lot of merit but everybody has a story. They have the story of who they are, of what happened to them, of what they went through yesterday, of what they went through 10 years ago, of the way they see the world, of the way they are chemically put together. Everything makes up your story. And when I can have the grace and forgiveness to look at somebody else and say, they're just looking at this from their story. They are looking at it and forgive the brokenness in people. I don't have to accept it. And I don't have to take it on and I don't have to go move in with them. But that has given me a lot of my joy back when I can say, oh, wow, look at, I can see their brokenness. They are just, many people are just acting in direct accordance and alignment with the way that they've lived their story. The only, sometimes you just say it's all they know. This is yeah. all they've ever known. And it's, it's a beautiful feeling when we can release ourselves of the, the ways other people should have been in our lives by saying, by telling ourselves that. What do you think? I've oftentimes been curious. You, you mentioned the moment where you had that realization in reading that book. I, I had similar realizations when I was reading Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and, yes. and The Alchemist, where I started to realize these different things about life and, and one's journey. What do you think contributed to that moment like why were you open then when you might have heard that phrase thousands of times before or even thousands of times after well god sure works in mysterious ways so i'm giving some credit to the fact that there is a bigger story playing out I, I, that i'm not in control of the universe I'm not in control of when things happen. I'm not in control of everything. So a little piece of that I have to say is I believe things happen for a reason. They happen at a time, at a certain time. But that don't hear me say that bad things happen to you because it was supposed to happen to you. That's not what I'm saying. So what? why then and not another time? I don't know, except that I bet people had might have told me that before, but I wasn't listening or I wasn't receptive. We have to honor that there is an ownership we have to take. And if it, it, that we know there are people that they are always going to be miserable. They are not mm -hmm. ever going to choose to come out of it. They are going to, you can tell them, you can give them the keys to the kingdom and it's their own free will to accept them or not. Now, so I don't know what makes people accept that's way above my, my pay grade, but but you would have to admit that, that we have yeah. to, I think sometimes it has to be, for some people, it's hitting rock bottom. Um, I think people that really have a lot of struggles with addictions and alcohol and th those kind of things, they all talk about the rock bottom moment where they, they just had to drop to this 
place where they acknowledged that this way isn't working, that they something's got to change, something's got to give. Um, um, and sometimes I can't believe I'm even saying this. Sometimes those people are lucky or they will tell you that they're fortunate to have been pushed to a rock bottom moment to I've, I've got friends who've had cancer who say cancer taught me how to live because it was a wake up call. I mean, of course they wouldn't want cancer, but it forced them to change. And sometimes we just have to get to a rock bottom before we can come out. But I don't know if I'm answering what made you change? What made you and are we even there yet? Because I think there's another awareness where I haven't received it or accepted it yet. That's going to come that as part of life and wisdom and and just, you know, there's things you're not going to know at 15. True. You're going to know at 54. Yeah. I think for me, it was having one of those moments where enough was enough. And, and I think it boils down to living with a set of behaviors or whatever it was that I just knew long-term were not serving the bigger picture. Now, I think the challenge within that is you don't always see the bigger picture as an individual. I think you, no. you were kind of given like bits and pieces or elements of it. And then through what you mentioned, like action, you start to fill in some of the other parts and then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that's where I feel like sometimes you have those moments are like, oh, I see what this is about now. I get it. But I think kind of going back to your point, I think the universe's language to manifestation is action. I think in my that opinion. That makes sense to me. That makes I think sense. You have to act no matter how big or small in order for the process of manifestation to start to develop and form. And most times it will form something that you didn't envision. It won't be the same replica. It might be close, but as far as the path, the steps, the people you thought you had to meet, rarely like that. Like going back to your example earlier, right, of your friend thinking that if she doesn't work one of the days, then the business is going to go down. I've had, I've experienced that before. I took a day off and then I opened the email and there were five more opportunities than the weeks before, right? So what does that teach you? Stop working and the emails will appear? Well, no, it just maybe it took time because also not everyone else is operating in a different timeline. Yeah, and it's it's so beautiful what you say. And what I love about our conversation is not only are we coming to the at, at this conversation in different seasons of our lives, you know? We are also coming at it from totally different perspectives, which is beautiful because it still is what is no matter. And I loved what you said about everybody. These are the, the, the every uh, you said it in a more beautiful way, but everybody a thing is what someone's story is that gives it meaning. So if everybody's walking around with all these different interpretations and stories and, and relative truths and meanings, I mean, that can be like, whoa, yet in a simple way that my brain likes to put it, and you said this too, it's just saying it a different way, is we don't know, we, we, we don't know the big story. We don't. We don't know. Or, or we, we don't. we never will. We never will. And we, well, we may, yeah. And we may never 
every and and so we begin to see we don't know how it's going to go we don't know we don't have control we can't control however you know and that's a feeling at our very core that we probably will struggle always struggle with is a sense of wanting to control our world but what can we control how we show up in it how we feel in it how we see ourselves you know, in it, you asked a great question about what was that moment, you know, like that rock bottom. I would also ask, what is the moment or what is necessary for a person to understand that they intrinsically have worth? Because that is, and I don't even know if intrinsically, but you know what I mean. How do you convince people who, because if a, if a person feels that they have no value, we've got a big problem here or not a problem, but I want to, how do we, and they, they feel that way because what society, whether it's how they interpreted it or how somebody treated them. So to me, as a motivational speaker, my big question is, a lot of in business, people are all about how do we make our employees happy? I'm like, that's not the question to ask. Happiness is a result, is a symptom. I think the question or the only one I want to talk about in that scenario is how do we show them that they are valued, have a sense of belonging? I mean, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that's important that we fit, that we belong, that we matter here in this world. And if you don't believe that, then how do we help you believe that? And it's not as simple as me just telling you, you matter, though in some cases, it is because many people I know have stories of someone who came along when they desperately needed it. a coach, a teacher, a friend who saw them in their moment of darkness and said, I see you and I believe in you. You matter. You make a difference. And it changed their lives forever. So wouldn't that be beautiful if we were on this all of us journey, not just to not just to figure it out for ourselves, because that's where, for me, it really comes down to this. I'm not fully there yet. I'm not fully standing in the glory of who I am. There are too many things I'm still chipping away at. And how do we help others um, get there? Excuse the noise in the background. I have a teenage son. Hold on just a second. Okay, everybody have a little grace listening. Sometimes <laughs> you get a little noise, but how do we, and I love what you're doing and I love what I'm doing is how do we find that purpose for ourselves, but how do we find it for each other's? Because sometimes it's just as simple as that friend who was by your side when it mattered. You will never put words to it, but they were there because they, they saw in you. I, I have a, my son has a friend who was cutting himself was self-harming who he didn't believe he mattered and the people in his life didn't realize what a role they were playing for him by simply showing up you know by being there by showing him and he's on a journey now he put a I'm not betraying his confidence and I won't say his name but he put a TikTok video out I mean he put it out yeah. there to say if you feel like this I understand too I'm struggling and I just want you to hear me in case I'm the only one to tell you that your life does matter and that that having the right people around you to remind you of that is going to be what's going to get you out. I mean, that's there's no great. Well, should I I get dramatic and I exaggerate, but what greater <laughs> work is there in the world than helping people get to the place of where they understand their value? Yeah. Kelly, how do people connect with you? What do you have coming up? 
where are you speaking at next? Um, the best way, I'm starting my own platform, Oleg, on uh, something called Mighty Networks. That's the name of the platform. But um, it's a free community of people who just love to talk about story. It's new and it's small, but it's mighty. Um, and I'm just trying to gather people there. You can find me everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Google me, find me, and I'll answer you and respond to you all over the place. But if I could have an ask, it's that if you like the power of story and talking about it and want to just join that journey with me where we link arms and talk about story together, then go to storyimpactnetwork.com, storyimpactnetwork.com. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.